Yeah, Colin, uh, really appreciate his friendship through all this. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. Actually, this is a big day uh, for us, uh, if you've been keeping track. Uh, if you've been keeping track, uh, this is the day that we finish Luke. Yeah. And actually, what we were going to do, what we have, we're going to do this, but not today, because I want to do it with Daniel. Daniel's, uh, Eli's just not feeling good. He's, he's sick, and so Daniel is with him right now, and that's important. Uh, but uh, we were going to blow off, and we still are going to do it, just not today, because i got to do it with him, because he and I have been doing this now. Uh, a lot of confetti, celebrate, big times, uh, good fun. And uh, so act like you didn't know that when we do that. You know, I'm just telling a few of you anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, next, next week, but uh, we got to celebrate, and uh, Daniel's had such an important part, I, I wanted him to, to, to be here for that. Uh, but we are, we are landing this thing uh, today, and I thought, you know, uh, maybe I would t- entitle it, uh, Beam Me Up, or uh, Now You See Me, or uh, Things Are Looking Up. I don't know, you can choose your title on this. Because uh, this is the end, and what Luke has for us, when Luke closes out this book, Oh, there's something there that we need. We, we need it, and it's very important for us going forward right now. Um, if, if Luke would have stopped last week, we would be left hanging. And so you need what happens this week, and I think we need it as we walk in our, in our life. So what I'm going to do uh, <clears throat> is I'm going to pick up where um, Daniel left up. We're going to just work the Scripture here for a second, and then I'm going to show you why I think... Uh, that uh, this particular event, the ascension, is something that you, uh, we absolutely have to understand the importance of it in our own life. Now, uh, there's not even a lot of sermons out there or podcasts you can go to about this subject. People aren't talking about this very much. Uh, but I'm really glad that Luke serves it up and serves it up. And, and this is super important as we, as we close this thing. So last week, you know, uh, those two guys are going to uh, Emmaus. And uh, they encountered Jesus on the way. Daniel speculated that was Cleopas and maybe his wife, and that might have been Jesus' uncle. And he was basically saying, what are you guys doing here? And they break bread. They realize it's him. Their hearts were on fire. And then he's gone. And they hightail it back to Jerusalem. I really think the message of Emmaus, one of them is, Jesus comes and gets you. What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be up there in that room with all those guys talking about what's going on. And that's where we pick it up right here because they head back. And in verse 36, uh, we're just going to work this. It says, while they were still talking about this, about what? About the fact that they think Jesus has been resurrected, about the ladies who heard about it. And now uh, these two people have encountered him and they're talking all about it. This is what happens. <clears throat> while they were still talking about this... Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, peace be with you is a standard Jewish phrase for a greeting when you show up. Uh, for millennia, they would say that because one day there would be a Savior, a Messiah, uh, that would really bring that. Well, here he is, and he's saying the normal Jewish thing, just not the normal Jewish way. And he is saying, peace be with you. Literally, there is shalom in the room right now because I'm in the room. I think that's pretty cool that the Prince of Peace is showing up right there. And, uh, and he says, peace be with you. He stood there. 
Now, uh, I just like to kind of speculate on the details a little bit. You know, Jesus could have shown up, big light, boom, boom, you know, grand opening, <clears throat> door plops or flies open and he walks in, or he could have just been there laying down already eating. But he comes in in a greeting way. He comes in in a respectful way. And he comes in in a way uh, that they can receive him. But they, it, it's, it's hard on them. Look at what, they, what, what it says. It says, uh, well, <clears throat> well, make a note in 36. It says, Jesus himself. We'll come back to that in just a minute. They were startled and frightened and thinking they saw a ghost. Now, that would be really crazy for God to show up as a ghost right now, wouldn't he? Or, or, or have a ghost that looks like Jesus. Wow, that ghost looks like Jesus. Scared the what out of him? I know what you would say. He scared the bejesus out of him. I've heard you say it, but I didn't say that. Not me. Yeah, why would God show up that way? No, it's himself. They think he's a ghost. Um, they've already been through this. The, Jesus comes walking out in the water. Ah, it's a ghost. No, it's really him. It's really him, himself. Well, they think it's a ghost, and he says, <clears throat> man, this print is small. <laughs> Gee, he didn't, say, he didn't say that. He's got a glorified body. He can see it really easy. It's me. Oh, yeah, it is so small. Um, and uh, <clears throat> he says, look at my hands. Well, he says, actually, I don't want to miss it. He said, then why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. It's really me. Touch me and see. We know in another uh, 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 gospel where Thomas says, really? And he puts his fingers right there, right? <clears throat> wow. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones as you see I have. He's, and then he says, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it, it because of joy and amazement. First of all, it's, they're saying it's, they're progressing. They're sort of getting the idea that this resurrection has happened. <clears throat> but it's too good to be true. They're, they're, it says here that they are doubting. They don't believe because of joy and amazement. This couldn't possibly, the best thing that could ever happen is happening right now. I can kind of relate to these guys, <clears throat> actually. I I can kind of relate, always kind of bracing myself, always kind of flinching for what that phone call is going to be, always kind of hoping maybe things will work out, but brace for when they don't. Um, they're, they're being drawn into this. And uh, he said, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still did not believe in it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? I love that. Do you have anything to eat? So you're going to show up, Jesus, and you're going to ask for something to eat? If you notice, a lot of these times where Jesus is showing up post-resurrection, it's around food. You know, he's walking with the guys in Emmaus, and they get to dinner, and he goes, and they break bread, and then they see who it is. And right here, do you have anything to eat? And then we know uh, later that he's on the beach making breakfast. There's a beautiful picture in the fact, hey, do you guys have anything to eat? Now, Jesus has got a different body, and we're going to talk about that for a second. I don't know if that body gets hungry or not, but maybe Jesus just likes to eat. Or, amen, amen to that. Or maybe there's something about now that's really nice. You know, now it's time to sit down and be together around the table. Now it's time to relax. The work is done. Now's the time we sit and we fellowship. I think it's beautiful that he, hey, you guys have anything to eat? And uh, 
Uh, they get out a piece of fish. This has got to be the most awkward dinner you've ever heard or seen. He gets out a piece of fish, and I guess he sits down and he eats it. And I guess they're all sitting there going, you know, like, what are you guys looking at? Get your own fish or something. <laughs> I, 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 now, I got to tell you that if I had a souped up body like Jesus has right now, and I ask for something to eat, and they hand me some fish, I'm handing it back and going, no, 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 cake, baby. No calories right now. I want pie. Pie with ice cream all over it. It's so <laughs> I want to hang with them. This is beautiful. He asks for something to eat, and he sits down and eats it, and they sit there and watch him. And they, and, they, and they watch him eat. Now, notice a few things about Jesus' body. This is some kind of resurrected body. First of all, he shows up. Another, version, another account says that the door was locked, and he shows up there. Apparently, you can get around with this resurrection body that he has. You can be down there in Emmaus and then zoom up here pretty easy. This body that he has apparently moves back and forth, not just around here, but around between the, the, the spiritual realm and the physical realm. And uh, Jesus has this resurrection body. And, and uh, uh, it's so that you can work and move like this. And I don't know if you get hungry, but I know you like to eat. I know you like to be with people. I know you like to hang. Now, here, it's interesting. We'll zoom to the end of the book, not the book of Luke, Luke the whole thing. You and I, one day, are going to have a body like that. There's going to be a resurrection for you and I. Now, Jesus got resurrected just like that and had that. And you and I are going to, uh, we're going to die at some point, unless he comes back first. And uh, when we do, uh, our bodies are going to decay and um, turn into the ecosystem. But, but God is going to create a new one for you. And it's going to be a souped up one. It's going to be a one where you can re relate to one another in a different way, and you can move around, and you can, that's going to be cool. I, can't, I don't even know much about that, but you get the picture of it here. And uh, uh, I wanted you to see how Jesus is rolling, uh, because I know it's like fantastical, but that's how it works in the end. That's good news right there, I think. Pretty cool. And then it says, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Boom, like a gift going on over your head from your phone. Boom, and they could see it all. And they could understand, and they could see the bigger picture. Oh, yeah, all the stuff that those guys were saying for, for millennia before, and all the stuff that you've said, us for the, said to us for the previous three years. It all fits. It's all in sync. And I, Jesus, am the, am the answer to all that. He opened up the Scriptures, and he told them that it was written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. They should be going, yeah, I remember when you said that. It happened just like you said. Whoa. Momentum's building, I think, in these guys. It's building. And repentance and forgiveness for the sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. Now he's speaking about what's going to happen. And you are witnesses of these things. And we're going to talk about that in a couple weeks. We'll circle back. These things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So, you just saw Jesus. He just showed up, appeared uh, from nowhere. 
ask for some food, taught you the scriptures, boom, it opened up, and you saw all that, and then he said, you are my witnesses, and now you're going to go to the city, and you're going to wait there, uh, go to the city, and, and, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm going to send what I promised to you. Now, they didn't understand all that, I don't think, uh, yet. They just knew the next step, and that's how God works a lot of times. He just gives you the next thing. Hey, I got this big stuff for you, this big promise. Just do the next thing. You know, I, I, you don't have to understand all that. Just do the next thing right now. Go to the city and wait for this promise, the promised one. Now, Luke, I think it's interesting that Luke, uh, on purpose, doesn't tell you about all that in this book. He doesn't lay that out for you to go, oh, that's that, and that's the Holy Spirit, and I know you all zoomed there already because uh, you read the other book. But Luke is the author of the Acts, and it starts off where this one left off, and you see how this unfolds and how, uh, he, how they get clothed with power. And I, I, one real cool observation is it doesn't say, and I'm going to give you some clothes that you can put on. He says, I'm going to put them on you. You will wear it. You will wear it. power from the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say Holy Spirit because you're going to pick that up in Acts. And we are going to start Acts in January. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing. Uh, as we've made Jesus the center and then move into Acts, just like Luke wanted you to do. I wanted you to give, that, give you that, uh, that bit right there on on how it looks like with a resurrection body, how this is a crazy new time, there's a new normal. I want you to get all that right there. Um, and then it shifts. Because I want you to see this start in verse 50. When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany. Now it looks like when you're looking at that, uh, it looks like there, it was seamless. It's not seamless. Luke takes a break. And he's comfortable leaving you with about 40 days between when they were in uh, this upper room and Jesus was having some fish to where these last events, he leads them out to Bethany and these other, matter of fact, uh, uh, Acts 1 even talks about what happens during those uh, 40 days, how he appears and is with many people, hundreds and hundreds of people. <clears throat> That's where uh, he also is on the, on, the sh on the shore cooking fish and calls the guys in. Daniel's talked about that before. There's a lot of stuff that happens between uh, those two verses right there when uh, you'll be clothed with power, wait in the city, and uh, when Jesus says, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany. Okay, so he's led them out to, let me pick it up from there then. He led them out to the vicinity of Bethany. Now, Bethany, this is kind of cool. Jesus could have led them anywhere, right? Or he could have done this wherever he was at. Oh, it's time right now. Got to go. Uh, no, but he goes out to Bethany. This is where he came in to town a week earlier. A little over a week. This is where he came in triumphantly. Bethany is in the vicinity of the Mount of Olives, which is where the Garden of Gethsemane. This is where, uh, close, um, that's, we're not exactly sure because he says the vicinity of. This is where Jesus suffered and was arrested Remember when the guys were praying, he was praying and they couldn't stay awake? And, you know, it's in this vicinity right here. N.T. Wright says, uh, it's interesting how sometimes the place of our humiliation is the place of our glorification. Uh, it's pretty fascinating right there. To me, uh, I, I, I get it a little bit. A lot of times the place where the greatest pain is is also the place of victory, where God redeems it. It's significant that it's happening at Bethany right here. 
Kind of like uh, sometimes those scars are now trophies. I bet they were. I bet they were. Because this is victory right now. And he takes them out to this place in Bethany. He lifts up his hands and he blesses them. He speaks over them. He speaks goodwill to them. What does he say? You know, usually I think um, for years I've looked at that and I've thought, well, this is like the end of, uh, or right before dinner. You know, uh, uh, this is like a dinner prayer formality. He's going to kind of knock it out there. Okay, Lord, we thank you for this food. Uh, in Jesus' name, dig in, you know? No, I think something's going on here where it's, it's this, could be, this could be expanded. He's speaking over them. He's speaking their destiny. He's speaking who they are. He's speaking, speaking who, they, who are they going to be. He's speaking how, how they can love God and how they can love people. I don't think he, he it's kind of funny because I don't think that uh, he ran out of time and then God pulls him out of there because he went over his allotted time. There's like, because it says while he was blessing them, he left uh, them and was taken up into heaven. It's really a cool moment, actually. The picture here, we were praying uh, uh, as leadership team here this morning and praying about this and the picture of, of how this was a joyous occasion. I would think with Jesus leaving, it would be kind of a solemn affair, that it would be a, a sort of a vigil and they're kind, of, they're kind of wincing, oh man, we are gonna miss you so much. But I think Jesus is amped because he's headed to be with his father. He, the kids are okay. That came up in prayer this morning. They're going to be fine. As a matter of fact, the trajectory of where they're headed, headed will change the world. The trajectory of where they're headed. You and I are part of that. This is, so he blesses them and he's taken up into heaven. I don't know if you get this. While, it says in Acts, while they were watching him, he went up. This is as cosmic as it gets, right? This is like uh, as weird as it gets. Whoa, Jesus, where are you going? I need to just kind of lay this out here for you that this is not, this is like weird. As they're all standing around and they're all watching him go up. And then, I, would, I think they would have been bummed, but it says, it says uh, while he was blessing them, he, took, he went up, taken into heaven, and then they worshipped him. He's gone, and they're worshipping. He's not there. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. What they did is they had the first church service. Jesus goes up, and they, and they start, what are they doing? Singing, sharing. Do you remember when he did this? Giving testimony, praying. They were grateful. It says they never. They didn't stop. They continually. They stayed at the contempt. The, they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. This event is a great event, not a solemn. This is like the finish line. This is like a a, a great thing that's happening here. I see two things that you need. Two things you got to have if you're going to follow Jesus. I mean, we've been learning about him. We've seen what he said, saw what he did, see how he rolls. But there's two things of why it had to go this way. Why, why Luke had to give it to you up to this point. Well, one, if you've been reading Luke at all, if you've been following at all, you can see the theme that he is King Jesus. He has come as a king. And now 
It's time for him to be where the king is supposed to be. Romans 8 says that he sits at the right hand of the Father in royalty as the king. You and I need a king that's on the throne. We sing this stuff all the time. It happened right here. We sing it all the time. Our God reigns. King Jesus. And that's where he is right now on the throne. We need a God. uh, We need a Savior that's on the throne. You need a Savior that has the authority, the permanence, that everything works out. He's where he's supposed to be. It's conquered. He's there. To me, I think that's crucial, King Jesus. Then there's this one other part. Why did he have to go? I've wrestled with this for years, by the way. I mean, because I think it's hard, to be honest with you. I think it's kind of hard, this God that you don't see, supposed to have a relationship and all that kind of stuff. I remember walking on Yellowstone uh, Lake. I was fishing up there on a fishing trip 25 years ago, whatever. I'm walking on Yellowstone Lake. It's like, almost feels like an ocean. The waves are coming up on the, and I'm just kind of wrestling God. God, why don't you say something? Scream out to him. And I got a really clear answer. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. Because it's in here. It's right here. Yeah. Jesus had to go so you could have access. It's counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. It's, it's about access. He's got to go so that we could come. Let me see if I can illustrate this for you. So um, imagine if this didn't happen. Imagine if Jesus was resurrected and he shows up in the upper room and he teaches, opens everybody's eyes, and he moves about, blessing everybody that he sees. And uh, uh, it's catching on. And people are coming from everywhere to see, what, see that it's real. He really is raised. He really is alive. Imagine if it was like that. I, uh, I, I, I could see it this way. Um, about 25 years ago, I was pastor of a church in Grand Junction, and um, I uh, went to Promise Keepers. Remember when that was going on back in the day at uh, Folsom Field? And John Maxwell spoke. At, at, this was one of the earlier ones. Many of you know John Maxwell, leadership guru. And uh, <clears throat> he spoke. And I'm, man, I love that guy. That guy's got something going on. So um, I got some of his books and stuff. I wanted to find out what he was all about. And I started to read about him. And then there was a conference that he was doing over in Denver uh, at that time. That's where I first met Doug at that conference. Remember that? Um, long before we were ever even here. And John Maxwell was uh, uh, speaking, and he says, okay, I want all you, everybody who's, uh, this is your first conference, I want you to come up here uh, to the front. And, uh, and we get up there, about 50 of us. And uh, he says, you know, invest in your leadership. Invest in your leadership. It'll make all the difference. I want you to buy my package <laughs> of resources. And uh, I go, yeah, invest in leadership. How much is it? $1,600. Oh, my gosh. That was like our church's budget at the time. And I said, Lord, should I do it? You should do it. And I bought that. And all the Enjoy Life tapes. I went home with boxes. And I listened to them all. And all the books he said to read, uh, Max Dupree, uh, all the leadership ones. You know, Covey, all that stuff. And then, uh, and I was learning a lot, and I actually think it helped me uh, quite a bit. <clears throat> there was a conference that he and Bill Hybels were doing in Anaheim. Um, and this was going to be a big one. Uh, 
And so I, uh, Gwen and I went, and there, was, there were about, uh, oh, 3,500, 4,000 pastors and ministry leaders. And it was a great three days at this conference, learning all kinds of stuff. And then at the end, it's getting over at the end of the conference, and uh, uh, Bill Hybels had to leave. And John Maxwell was staying uh, before he had to catch a plane, and he wanted to take some Q&A, some questions. And so he sat on a, uh, a stool, and they put a mic out in the front of this aisle and uh, said, anybody who has any questions, I have about 35 minutes uh, before I have to leave for this airplane. I have a question. I've had a, I, had a, I had a question, um, but I got up, and I was about 22 in line. And... Uh, uh, and so he probably answered 12, 13, 14 different questions from people. Uh, you know, what do you do in this leadership situation? What do you, and he had great advice. And uh, then he goes, I've got to go. I'm going to take one more question. And uh, there was one, the next guy in line, and he took his question, and everybody else left in line except me. I just stayed there. Because, you know, I am good with awkward, by the way. <laughs> Have you noticed that? I'm okay with awkward, because I just stood there. <laughs> 3,500 people and all that. I really, I wasn't even thinking about all them. I was actually just disappointed, to be honest with you. I really had a question. And so he answers the guy's question. All the other people left, and, uh, and he goes, oh, I got to go. And he turns, and he looks, and he goes, I want to take that guy's question. I want to take that guy's question. And, and I'm like... And I walk up there, and he goes, what's your name? And I go, is this Ron? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, my name's uh, Charlie Hill. And he goes, what's your question, Charlie? And I had been thinking about this for months and months. You know, uh, and I asked it. I said, you know, I've been pastoring in this place for quite some time, and I just want to see it grow, and I keep trying to make changes, and the people just won't change. They just say, this too shall pass. You too will pass. And uh, that's exactly what I said. And because uh, I, was, I was disappointed. And uh, Mac, John Maxwell would have what I need. He would have the answer, I bet. And he goes, uh, oh, yeah, I have, I have felt that. I have felt that before. Yeah, and he, and he gave an answer. Be authentic with him. Tell him you're sorry that you failed in this thing but we've got to go forward. And he gave me that answer. And he goes, but my question, he says, but my question is, is there anybody else in the room who uh, can identify right now with Charlie? 750 guys, six, 750, I don't know, 800 guys. So I want you to stand up right now. And they stood up through the room. And he goes, Charlie, come here. And I, I, I came down to the stage and he came down off the stage and he put his hand on my shoulder, and uh, he prayed for me, and he prayed for all of them. Uh, all, all of us were in the same boat at that time, and he prayed, and his prayer, man, it really blessed me, to be honest with you. It was, it was awesome. You know, he prayed about the heartache around that. He prayed about courage. He prayed about a clear path and open doors, and he prayed about a network of people who could support me, and all that, and man, it was, I was full after he prayed. Uh, I actually didn't expect him to minister to me. I just thought he would give me that yes or no, do this, don't do that. And he ministered to me. And man, I left full. I felt great. And I got to tell you, uh, that was a big moment for me to the degree I still remember it. I have not had any uh, actual encounter with 
John Maxwell since that day. I actually have never, uh, I remember it really well. It's clear as day to me. I don't know, um, you know, John Maxwell, who has spoken and ministered to hundreds of thousands of people, or maybe even millions, I bet he probably has even forgot about Anaheim, let alone this Charlie guy who wanted his question answered. And I was blessed, and he blessed me. But, and I know everything about John Maxwell, because I listened to all the messages. I even know the names of his kids, because he talked about them. I know why he went from San Diego to Atlanta. I know all of this stuff because I've listened to hundreds of hours of John Maxwell. But John Maxwell doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. I've benefited and been blessed from him. Aren't you glad that Jesus isn't John Maxwell? That if you, if you had a problem right now, you don't have to wait in line and maybe you'll get your turn. I don't know how many times you've been to an event or something and something was going on and you were just hoping, please call on me. I want something. That's how it would have been if Jesus would have stayed. If Jesus would have stayed, he'd have been a rock star. And it would have been at Invesco. Did you hear Jesus is coming to Invesco? Remember when you two came and uh, uh, mostly all, all the people are sitting in the upper, upper uh, decks and they can't even see past the stage. To, but he's down there. Bono's down there somewhere. Jesus is coming to town. Jesus is coming to town. The problem with that, right, is that some people, when they go to Invesco, they get the box seats and they get to have food while they watch Jesus do his thing. And, and other people get to be right down front. You're going to get to see him. We were there. And some of us just were like up in the top, but it was cool because he said, peace be with you. And there really was peace, but, but I didn't really get to talk to him. Aren't you glad Jesus isn't a rock star? Sometimes we run around trying to find a fix like Jesus is a rock star. If Jesus would have stayed, he would have been that. If Jesus would have stayed, only the privilege would have got to him. If Jesus would have stayed, maybe only the men would have got to him. If Jesus would have stayed, maybe the only people who really have it together would have. But instead, he went. And he went so that you could have access so that you could talk to him right now in the present you need a king that's accessible instead of being uh, you know you going and kissing his ring and saying he i'm coming to you I'm, I'm coming to your concert i'm interested in what you're doing we can talk about this right now i'm really thankful for that man you you got you've got the uh Let's just work through the Passion, the passion Week here. You got the, the suffering. You had to have the suffering so that you could identify your own suffering with his suffering. So he could make sense of senseless suffering. You had to have the cross so that you could be pure, declared righteous, forgiven. Your sins no longer uh, held to your account, redeemed. You have to have the cross. You have to have the resurrection. Without the resurrection, you got no hope in this life. You got no hope that right now he's resurrecting things in your life, that there's hope that he's working right now. He came to give you life and to give it to the full. Now, because of the resurrection, there's resurrection power.
That's what Paul said. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. you got to have those. But we better talk about the ascension because you've got to have the ascension so that you can have him personally. You've got to have the ascension so you could have him personally. And I, I got to tell you, uh, I was, this morning, I, I, I came in, did my thing, worked on it early in the morning, and then went for my walk. And right before I went for my walk, a couple people came up to me and gave me a bunch of news I didn't like and ticked me off, kind of. And I didn't yell at them or anything like that, but they messed with my mind, you know. And, and uh, uh, you got you to get on focus for this sort of thing. And they're like, oh, don't talk to me about that right now. Leave me alone. Jeez, I need to make an appointment with God so I can talk to him about this. See if he can see me tomorrow or Thursday maybe. And I'm walking going, God, oh, Jesus, I just released this into your hands right now. And uh, in just a few minutes, free. you got to walk with Jesus right now. So he, uh, let me give you this thing. This is the coolest thing. I I zoomed past it because I wanted you, I didn't want you to catch on until this very last part. So Jesus is there. They're around, 120 of them at at this thing. 120 of them around. And he's blessing them. And then he's going up. And he doesn't stop blessing them while he's going up. Now you would think that portion of the show was over. And he stopped and now God takes him up. But what is he doing while he's going up? He is blessing them. What is he doing after he goes up? He is blessing them. What is he doing right now as he sits at the right hand of the Father? He is blessing them, you and I. He's speaking it right now. Romans says he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for you. That's what he's doing right now. Oh, man. I'm glad he's doing that. So we, you pray. You cast your cares on him because the Scripture says he cares about it. He listens to you. He doesn't say, kiss my ring. He goes, oh, I know. Let me put my hand on you. Father, see what's going on with these guys? They move, the Holy Spirit then moves down here. Boom, it's a relationship right now. If we didn't have this, if the book didn't end this way, it wouldn't end in relationship. This book is not only about these disciples. This book is not only about Jesus. This is about you. This ends in our court. I love it. I'm concerned that some people are relating to Jesus like John Maxwell. You know everything about him. You had a cool encounter back in the day, um, but that's not, how, that's not why he left. He left so that you could have a cool encounter today. He left because he wants to talk to you today. He left because he wants to hear what you have to say today. He will listen today. He's on the throne. He's in control, and he wants to hear about you That's really something. That's really something. As you take communion and you pick up that that bread, say, thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, King Jesus, for giving yourself for me. And as you pick up that cup, the cup of the new covenant of his blood, thank you for access. Thank you that you and I can talk. It's an encounter with him.
Let's pray. Jesus, we're so thankful that you're here and now, God. That you did what you did to rescue us. But you are present right now. Present right now when we get that phone call. Present right now when we uh, are filled with anxiety. Present right now with whatever our issue is or whatever our concern is or even whatever our joy is. You are present right now to enjoy that or to go and walk with us through it. So I pray, Lord, for, uh, for those of us in the room right here who um, need to know you're present, you will uh, reveal yourself to them today. You are King Jesus. We exalt you. You are on the throne. But, and we thank you so much that you are personal. We love you, Lord. We do love you. Thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen.